hey, hey, it's bottoms up time. It's our catch episode. Catch what, Blado? Catch a... Catch... <laughs> catch 22! Come on now. Oh, I threw yeah, you a okay. softball. Oh, my God. Uh, I know. Swing yeah, and miss there, you know? That went yeah. right I'm, over I'm, his I'm, head. I'm, I'm, I'm batting eighth for the Tigers right now. Wow. I, I thought you just were a just swing and a miss. gobbling it up and hit it out of the park, but you sat there and looked at me kind of... Like, what? Dopishly? Is that a word? <laughs> well, this is how people know it's not rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> we exemplify not rehearsed. Authentic. <laughs> yes. Authentic and off the top of the head. Anyways, this is Fred, a.k.a. the Grassy Troll, with my good friends Blotto and Nobs. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Obviously, good. I'm a little slow today. <laughs> we expect nothing less. <laughs> You could have also gone with the uh, Red Wings reference, uh, Tutu. Oh, yeah. What was his first name? Yeah. Um, Desmond Tutu? No. <laughs> <laughs> they played for the Griffins, too, because uh, Big Wave has a Tutu jersey for the uh, Grand Rapids Griffins. And, and number Tutu. Yep, that's right, 22. Yeah. All right. Anyways, here we are again around the... Uh, the Table of Magic in uh, One Shot Studios, and uh, we're ready to go at it one more time. So let's get to the to the beer, yep. right? We're yes, gonna do sir. that. Yes, sir. As usual, what do you got in the treasure trove? Well, this week we have gone back to Atwater Brewery, which we have done quite a few, but the reason I chose it was because it was a rye IPA, and I. I don't believe I've ever had a rye IPA. It's a Corktown rye IPA, which is an area in downtown Detroit. Happening place. Um, this has 6.2 volume alcohol and 63 IBU. So it, hot stop. I went to New York City oh. last week, <laughs> and I brought the boys a little gift. It seems uh, like uh, that so we lost. Clever. Our Trump uh, loudmouth uh, church key in Vegas somehow. That's what it appears like. So against all that I know that is good in the world, when I was in New York, I had to go into Trump Tower. And this was from a vendor separate from Trump Tower. I was going to say, he's not getting royalty on (laughs) that. No, 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 because there was a Trump Pence shop in there that, here you go, Nobs, I'll let you start, that... All the money went to their campaign for 2020. And then there was another guy who just rented space, and he had almost all the same stuff. So wife and child and myself agreed that we would not give the president's penny one, but we'd give the vendor penny one to replace the loudmouth Trump ah. church key. So thought I would surprise you guys and uh, bring back a new one for the group. So. Excellent. Excellent. All right. There we go. We got to get that magnet. Um, yeah, when I bought mine in some little <clears throat> cheesy shop, you know, mm-hmm. I knew okay, he's not getting a royalty on this, right? This is just like public domain kind of stuff. So I didn't mind purchasing it as, as long as he's not profitable. Well, the vendor there, I'm sure, pays rent or whatever he does to. to yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't going to the Trump campaign, so I felt okay about it. And plus, this one is from the epicenter, the bowels of the president's campaign so i thought this was ironic that we had a new one from there so all right well thank you thank you so much Fred. 
That's a copper color. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen an IPA of this color. It's a little, it's a little cloudy, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's a, it's, I, the the rye I think is is relating to the idea of rye whiskey then, right? Yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. Does assuming. it say how it's 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 aged? See, they don't give you much information. Is it aged in rye barrels or whatever? Um, Pairs uh, with toasting history or making your own. Doesn't tell oh, us. Oh, that's anything. clever. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. It's a weird color. I'm, I'm sorry. I've never seen a beer that color. Hmm. hmm. First pass over my lips is pretty favorable. Uh, I mean, there's the hoppiness of the IPA, but I also, you know, I detect the rye. I detect the the, the whiskey in it. And then Blotto likes all things whiskey. Yes, he do. <laughs> he definitely do. It's going to be a future show. we got to do that. <clears throat> We've been talking about it for quite a while, so it's about time we uh, put up or shut up. Yeah. Uh, I'm, my second sip was better than my first sip. There's a roastedness to it, a, a, a toastiness. Yeah. I'm not a whiskey person, per se, so I'm not even sure I'm picking out a whiskey taste. I am an IPA person, and I was actually expecting it to be a little more bitter than it is. Seems reasonable. Um, Especially as a 63 IBU. Yeah, that's fairly mm -hmm. high. I think this is going to be probably a half glass call with me. I'm not sure yet, but it, it's pleasant enough, but I, I'm not sure what my overall thought pattern is on it. What do you think, Nobs? Uh, initially, I like it. Um, yeah, not as, not as bitter as I thought it was going to be. I, it is that, that roasted flavor, which is kind of unique for an IPA, I think, but so far I would say it's for me. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Re reserve uh, judgment for later. Yeah, I, I, can, see, I can see myself... Easily ordering one of these up. Mm -hmm. I'd have another. Yeah. And I still say that's a peculiar beer color. It's, I like the color. It's like, um, I don't even know, copper? It's, a, it's a deep, cloudy copper. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe copper's not the right, you know. It's um, not quite brown, though. Uh, like a golden brown. Let's, let's snap a picture so we can throw it on the uh, social scene. Okay. I think, now you got the most light over there. All right. Um, before we uh, get into other topics uh, this week, political topics and otherwise, um, um, I think, you know, uh, a mention of the tragedy that, that had befallen to everyone in the world today, right? Or, or this week, right? I mean, it's, it's, it was pretty mind-bending, I thought, the news. Of of Cathedral of Notre Dame burning, mm -hmm. like like it was it was like to me it seemed surreal. Yep. You, you know, like wow, this is happening on this day. Like yeah, you know, if I was to wake up and think, okay, what are what are the most random things that could happen today that would be, um, you know, globally felt, right? I, I, I you know, impact whatever, but that would certainly not be anywhere near my top one hundred list, right? I mean. You know, I, I could even say that, you know, somebody was going to blow up the Eiffel Tower, right? Uh, you know, but to think that on that particular day, the Cathedral of Notre Dame was going to burn almost to the ground is just um, uh, just freakish, in my opinion. No, I, I totally agree. And 
And like I mentioned, I was in New York City Mm -hmm. this past week, and um, we had just picked up a Junior's piece of cheesecake, and we were grabbed a coffee at Starbucks, and we went into the Marriott because they have a really nice lounge on the eighth floor in Times Square, and we were just going to chill out, eat our cheesecake, have our coffee, and we look up, and Notre Dame is burning. Yeah. And... And be honest with you, I almost felt the same way is on 9-11. That that feeling like I am seeing something epic, historic, that in 800 years from now, history books, people are going to be reading about the time that this Mm 800-year-old cathedral was burning and there was nothing that anybody was doing about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It, It felt... I can't compare it to 9-11, but it, it, it was that type of a feeling where I thought we were seeing something epic and historic. And just really, to me, mm-hmm. like, random. It's just like I would have never expected this to, to happen, you know? Um, <clears throat> and you know what else? Not to jump in on you, but when you're in New York, as you're going around doing your thing, you hear French everywhere. Tons of French tourists come to New York, and yeah. you hear it all day long. And I, I, I honestly almost wanted to run outside of the Marriott and start telling people in Times Square, because they're out doing their thing, they don't even know what's going on, looking for French people and saying, your cathedral's burning. Is that a weird thought? I, I, felt, yeah, like I, I, I felt like I needed to tell the French people that something that big was going on in their country, and they didn't know. They're down there at the M&M store or the Swatch outlet or something, you know? It just it just was a weird state of mind almost. We wanted cheesecake, and we got that, you know? When I first heard about it, uh, it was, uh, what, what day was it? Was it Tuesday? That it burned? No, Monday. Monday. It was Monday. Yeah, yeah it was Monday because we were coming back that day. Yep. Okay, so I, <clears throat> I'm out of town uh, with coworkers, and um, we're in Hooters. <laughs> How solemn and somber that is! <laughs> it must have felt ethereal, like church-like, spiritual. Uh, I think that's where we were. Uh, when did it hit the? When, when did it hit the? Well, no, no, we weren't in Hooters yet. <laughs> Because <laughs> it hit the news pretty early here, right? We were inside the Marriott around... Like three, right? Two or three. Two or three. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> two, mate. I would say closer to two. Uh, we, yeah, because it was eight o'clock at night. We were still at the airport. And, um, oh, I remember I was I was at a, uh, a different bar. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Waiting for a guy, waiting for our, our, our last co-worker to... Um, uh, to arrive, and then we head back to the airport to pick him up. And I remember just saying to my coworker, just going through my social media feed, like, "Oh, hey, Notre Dame is on fire," you know. And it was almost like, at, at, at that point, it wasn't even like, "How big of a news story is this?" Like, it hadn't really even, mm-hmm. you know, settled in, or you know, the epicness of it. You know, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it. It was kind of like, "Oh." You know, look at this. And then someone pointed to a TV, and then one of the one of the TVs had the news stations on it. All of a sudden, had it. But it was more like, oh, this is interesting. Like almost, it would be like, okay, that would all that's all the news there would be about it. <laughs> you know, but then no, obviously, it was much bigger than that. And and then the, the gravitas starts sitting in. 
you know, yeah. settling in. My experience was basically the same, but not at a bar. I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> but I overhear someone. I didn't like, say it was like two or three in the afternoon, <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> I did hear, like, is there someone uh, off in the distance? And they say, oh, like, you know, Notre Dame's on fire. And like, oh, okay, well, there's probably just a small fire or something. And whatever, yeah. no big deal. Then you see a picture of the spire engulfed in flames and falling down. It's like, oh, no, that's a big deal. It's not a small fire. It's the entire and, place. And what was crazy about that fire is that <clears throat> that entire roof area, by choice, has no fire prevention or water system or anything. They knew that that was the chance they were always taking because they don't have, it's not wa- piped for water in case there's a fire. And the second thing, because of traffic and location of this place, it was like yeah. they couldn't get there's there's fireboats out in the sand river but they're what eighth of a mile away or whatever they couldn't help and it took because of all the traffic and crowd and all that the first responding firefighters couldn't get there either mm-hmm. so that place burned a good hour before anybody i think even got on the scene and it's just timber up there you know so that was another surreal part it was almost like a helplessness because Come on, somebody get there. Someone start spraying some yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. And it was just flames. Fly over with tankers. Right. Oh, <laughs> I get wine tankers. Brilliant. Oh, wine tankers, huh? That's what I suggested is, you know, why would you do water? They have The chance of them having water, air tanker planes is probably less than having wine tanker planes. That, that was what I thought. <laughs> well, and they also explained that it, it could have done more damage. Yeah, it would have Absolutely. destroyed the building. Yeah. <clears throat> Beyond what it was. I heard they saved a lot of the structure, though. Well, a lot of it is... And a lot of the artifacts. Right. Yeah. A lot of it was already off-site because it was just starting being renovated. Yeah. So... Well, it it was interesting to to hear about all the the money. I mean, I think by now, today, they've raised like a billion dollars between... Yeah, the church and donations and GoFundMe's and all that kind of thing, and I, I saw it was either a meme or Twitter. I can't remember, but the the woman was saying she thought it was fantastic that all these people were immediately replying to the disaster because it is such a world icon and all that billions a billion dollars so far gone towards it yet those three churches those three black churches in was it Louisiana yeah. Got burned. Probably didn't get anything from anybody or no, no. Well, they got they they really received very little press about it. Very little press, and I'm sure they got even less relief. And 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 part of the tragedy of that is the press, the news story about that is twofold. It's it's one, you know, that three black churches were were burned, uh, but two is who did it. And, you know, it's very difficult, I guess, for the mainstream media, media to keep that story alive the way it ought to so that it permeates society the way that some of the other stories do. I, you know, there just doesn't seem to be enough there in the way that the news cycles. But, you know, it, it, it's a really important story. And, you know, the fact that it just gets buried so quickly is why it happens again. And it... And, and it allows, it gives so much cover to, you know, the, the right wing of, of America today because it doesn't stay 
up in the news and doesn't blame the hatred and the fear and the the the, the bigotry that that group of people live with that that's a that's a which is a really big group in America, right? Yep. So there's a huge story in it, but the actual meat and potatoes of the story dies out very quickly. I mean, and 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 then it goes away. And you know, should that story and those churches be receiving the same kind of attention as you know Notre Dame? I mean, you know, not to the global level, right? But, but from a religious perspective, yes. they are as much a house of God yes. down in Louisiana yes. as that massive, opulent cathedral mm-hmm. in France. So it's not that I'm some kind of holy roller or whatever, but I understand they're the same thing. It's supposed to be the house of God in either case, and yet one kind of gets you know, swept under the rug, while the other one, for obvious reasons, gets worldwide attention, you know. It's not fair, but life isn't, right? Yeah. Anyways, how about we lift our pints for a potums up for the three black churches down in Louisiana? There we go. And Notre Dame over in Gay Powery. Potums up. Potums up. Okay. This beer is getting better. Uh, some memes to share this week. I have one that I hope you haven't seen because it just makes me laugh hysterically every time I read it to myself. So I hope you... Lots of build-up. You, 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 you find it as good. funny as I do. But I won't go first, because this oh, is a closer. This is a closer. I don't know. I kind of want to close. I have one this week. <laughs> I'll oh, open. you want to close? Yes. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll open the show. All right. okay. Mine's mildly humorous, uh, and it's a political one. And it says... Our, found, our founding fathers never wanted America to have a king, or in this case, a drama queen. And it's sadly looking President Trump with a little tiara. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's a visual. We'll post uh, it. So it, yeah. They're all visual. It's a chuckle. All right. So you you want to challenge my meme Shalom. of the week. Mine is all, it's just, it's, it's just text. And it actually... Uh, is just text that somebody quoted from Bill Maher. So it, all it is is a quote from Bill Maher. Uh, and he writes, or says, I'm assuming it came from his show, Mike Pence is so homophobic, he eats bananas sideways. <laughs> High five. That was pretty good. Bottom up. Bottoms up. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Ooh, all right. You, you, did, you did not disappoint. Uh, eats bananas sideways. <laughs> <laughs> it's believable. I, I, you know what? You're probably right. It's believable. You think you can be able to do it? All right. So the reason I wanted to go. David and Goliath going on here? The reason I wanted to go last was because this is a brand new Never before seen meme. Did you make it? I did. This oh, is a homegrown. Original. Homegrown. Yep. Homegrown here. Just plucked it. It is a picture of Trump kind of raising his hands up, palms up. Below that is a picture of the Night King from Game of Thrones doing the same. The caption says, One of these leads a horde of mindless zombies. The other is the Night King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. 
So that is a Knobs original. That is sweet. Yeah. And of nice. course, awesome. that picture of Trump came from Grand Rapids yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, oh, that's so, right. Pot really awesome. Pot up. We're keeping it local. And, and I give you that. I give you that one because it is homegrown and clever as well. Nice job. Nice of course, job. I don't know who the Night King is, but we'll get into that later. Um, a couple of fact checks from last week. Um, the first one I have a link to we could read more about, but it is the difference between a sunroof and a moonroof. <laughs> Do you remember that conversation? <laughs> and I sent information along. Is that what you're basing this on? Uh, mine was from cars.com. It was like the next day or whatever. Yeah, I looked I it up I saw and, and I sent it to you guys yeah. on the um, I am. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind the cross reference on this because. It, well, I want to see what you say compared. Okay, to what so I this was from Cars.com. A sunroof is typically a solid body colored panel yep. that can be manually tilt up or or be removed. That was the same article I sent you guys. And the moonroof is a type of sunroof, except for that it's transparent, sliding, and tinted glass panel. The panel is not removable. That's what knobs and I have. Yeah. It either tilts up or, or slides, slides back, back yep. but not removable. Right. Which ones are removable? Those were more like the T-tops, yeah, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I guess. I don't. There may have been removable roof things that weren't T-tops, but I don't know. There yeah. weren't very many of them. Most of the removable ones were like T-tops in a, a Trans Am mm-hmm. or a Corvette. Yeah. So. Uh, we, were, we were talking about the age of candidates uh and I, I think, uh, Fred, you had mentioned that Elizabeth Warren was uh, 70 or in her 70s. She's 68. 69. 69. Um, but I think she will be 70 this year, actually. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, someone, I think, made a comment on, on Potoms Up or sent me an IM. So a listener actually pointed that out to me. So always like to have those listeners send in comments. Yes, more of you need to do it. We need yeah. more people to argue with. <laughs> um, and then uh, lastly, uh, uh, this one, well, uh, we were talking about the, the Wings playoff uh, run and how many years they had made the playoffs. Detroit Red Wings? Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, For those people in Hizdakistan? Or... Uh, Nobbs uh, uh, told us that he, that he thought it was uh, – well, I tell you what. Uh, now, just roll the tape from last week on what you thought, and then what Grassy and I said about what you <laughs> thought. It was said about what you thought. Let so me, roll let, that. I thought they hit twenty-five. No, no, definitely not. No, no. If no. it, it, twenty-two or twenty-three, I, I, I'd stake I'd that. Well, in fact. <laughs> Why do we doubt knobs? It was 25 years of making the playoffs. <laughs> we were only a couple off. What, three? Uh, I think it was more about the way that... Uh, the way you shit on me? We were, well, we were, we were pretty certain. I don't know. I, I still th- in my mind, I still think it's 23 years. I don't, I don't know why, I, why, why I've gotten that impression. But they weren't the record holder. Weren't the Bruins like three or four ahead? Yeah, the Bruins were a few ahead. Like 28. Wings were 25, and Bruins were like three years. Now you say the Wings were 25. Red Wings were, I think, third at 25. I think they were tied with third with someone even. Oh, jeez. Kissing a sister. That's like 5.0 beer. Mm. Um, 
The last thing I, I, I have here on fact checks, and I just wanted to, the, the, someone pointed this out to me this week, and it's just been kind of kicking around in my head like a tin can. Um, and it, so it's not really a fact check, it's more of a factoid, but I also wanted to get your opinion about it, okay? Every single grocery store, every single market out there basically sells Coke and Pepsi, right? Mm-hmm. Under the belief that people want Coke or Pepsi. Mm-hmm. How come restaurants only serve one? I'm assuming some sort of deal with the vendor. But but they, the restaurant can do what they want, right? I mean, they, they, they agree to fall into that deal, right? The grocery stores could ask for deals too. I mean, it's what I'm, what I'm getting at is the consumer acceptance. The consumer accepts the idea mm-hmm. that they only have a choice in a restaurant, but they would never accept that idea in your market. And I never thought about those two things, those yeah, two you, differences. Because even if you go fast food, they either have one or the other. Only they one or the never other. never have both. Right. But every place you go buy it has both. Well, probably fast food is not a good example because Pepsi and Coke own most of it. Oh, that's true. That, that's true. so. I run that back. Erase that. <laughs> erase that. He even said that. But yeah, like if you go to any normal sit-down restaurant, diner, or whatever, they never have both. Hmm. I, I w- so so are people really obsessed with buying one or the other? I mean, do do markets need to carry both? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Do markets need I, to carry I both? Would, or is it just a, a, pre, a preconceived notion that people would only choose one or the other? I think the thing with a restaurant is you're not there for the drink. So if you order a Pepsi and they say they have Coke, well, all right, whatever, I'll take it. Right. How, how many still people do you see turn it down anymore? Entree. So It's very rare when people turn it down, right? Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't drink Pepsi. There's a few snobs out there. It's a real small number, though. And I it, think all, it, would, yeah. it also might have something to do with... The masses, where a restaurant, you're going through a whole lot more people. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. With the grocery store, a whole lot more people are going through there. So, I think the grocery stores have enough power that they can demand that, not demand, but they can have both side by side. Whereas right. a restaurant doesn't have quite the same pull, and they got to make a choice. Yeah, and that, you know it might be that kind of pressure. So it's expectation of choice. Yeah, to yeah. The consumer, right? I mean, that's as good as answer as, as I think there is, right? Which would sort of tie into what Nobbs was saying that they're going there for food. Yeah. Where right. the grocery store, you're going there for everything, mm-hmm. to include pop, soda, whatever you want to call it, yeah. soda pop. I think that might be the difference. Yeah, but I just thought it was an interesting dichotomy on the way that people. And it is, uh, and I never thought about it. I mean, you, you just sort of accept it and mm-hmm. eat. Carry on. <laughs> anyway. Accept it and eat. <laughs> but that is not our topic today. Uh, Although we could go on for hours about it. <laughs> and let's um, talk about the clear pop that they offer. Then we get way out. Is, is it Coke products? Is it Sprite? Or oh, we get okay. Mountain Dew, which is Pepsi. Because I think I've seen Coke and Mountain Dew at the same place, though. Mm, I don't know. I doubt it. I really do. <clears throat> like at a yeah. restaurant, I'm saying. It seems like I've seen Mountain Dew yeah. and a Coke. And then, 
Those are two different companies. That's Pepsi. I mean, if I went to a restaurant and I said, I'll take a Coke, and they'll say, I'm sorry, we don't have Coke. I'll say, I've got Pepsi. And they're like, all we have is Mr. Pibb. <laughs> I would still be like, bring it to me, right? I mean, that's fine. You know, it's just, I just want something dark, bubbly, and sweet. <laughs> I thought I had heard that out on the East Coast, a Coke was a, ge- an evil was a generic term. Coke was just pop a generic yeah, like east coast and southeast yeah i thought i heard if you order a coke no cola cola no yeah. no coke well it can be used generically like kleenex but i think cola is because you have pepsi cola and coca-cola and pip cola no you don't have that but i think cola is the is the generic well i thought coke was the generic for the east coast and then they then you then they would ask you well, what flavor would you like? Well, we know what the generic here is in Michigan. Generic, generic term for soft drink. Pop. Yeah. Pop. Pop. Yeah. Pop. And you know, I, I don't pop. know. How, I don't know how far that extends within the Midwest, but it's definitely a Michigan thing. Soda pop. It's not soda pop either. Uh, so my father would say in his neighborhoods in South Philly, it was soda water. Soda water. Soda water. Yeah. Let's have mine. <laughs> Let's talk pop. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, interesting question. Okay. Uh, but here we are on the eve. On the eve of one of the most what, what politically important moments. Historically. In U.S. history. I believe it's a histor- at least the start of the historical moment. And that is, of course, the bar report. And that's what I call it. I call it the bar report. Yeah, it's no longer the Mueller report. It's really report. not the Mueller report. Yeah, yeah. It's been bastardized now. And I, I just I just saw that he's going to do a press conference also. 930. Mm-hmm. I don't know I'll be able to catch it. Well, Nobbs and I were talking about this on the way over, as a matter of fact. And when you think about it, what is the attorney general who's supposed to be... Mm-hmm the top law enforcement officer for the country, not the president's, why is he having a press conference? And obviously, there's an obvious answer, and both Nobbs and I agreed on it. He's working on behalf of the president's, shaping the story, getting out ahead before anybody gets their hand on that report. And they're, they're trying to control the story, control the direction, mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious why he's doing it. He's got an audience of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And, and um, I imagine the audience of one was the one who probably suggested or told him, you're going to have a press conference and this is what you're going to say. Especially if the Mueller report leans more damaging, even his redacted versions, right, leads you know, to a more damaging... Um, you know, profile of what Mueller investigated towards Trump, it would make sense then to spin it verbally, right? Right, right, exactly. You wouldn't need to do it if all it did was exonerate. I mean, we, we, we may be proven wrong about our impressions of what the Mueller report will say, you know, based on the leaks and based on the other things we, you know, and, and the fact that it has to be redacted and all of that. But let's say that all of that is damaging. Yes, you would want someone out there to spin it. If it wasn't damaging, you wouldn't even really need to redact much, mm-hmm. right? I mean, 
Oh, and don't forget, it's not just going to be Barr. It's going to be uh, Rosenstein. Mm. They're doing it together, holding hands. We also talked about this, that something about him, Rosenstein, changed. When it, when it was like that whole business when he, they were joking around, air quotes, about wearing a wire, and then he got called yes. up to the White House. It almost seems like... They got something on him, or they Remember, gave him an he, he offer was, he, he was, couldn't refuse. He was going to be dismissed. Do you think? He, Remember, he went up there to the White House for a dismissal. This was before the wire piece. Yeah, I mean, and I, I always thought he was a. I kind of thought he was an upstanding guy, but he's just been doing some questionable things. I mean, he's always protected Mueller. That that part hasn't changed, but something else feels off about him now Mm -hmm. and obviously we'll never know what it is but it just seems like something's gotten a little wonky with Rosenstein the fact that he's he seems to be in cahoots with Barr tells me a lot because Barr's a hack Barr Barr proves each and every day he's more of a hack so Uh, yeah I mean he could have easily declined yeah exactly So, so why why stand up there I, I don't know. Unless they're going to try and do like a tag team and try and justify why they felt, you know, even though Mueller didn't exonerate the presidents, they have to go up there maybe and, you know, sing in harmony and try and figure out a way to justify why they said there's nothing chargeable or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Do you think we'll have more answers or more questions after tomorrow? Oh, I, I honestly believe. They're doing this to, to to muddy the waters. What they're going to get tomorrow is going to be a cluster bleep, I believe. It, it, it's just going to be a mishmash of redacted. What is the what is the order of things? Are they doing? Are they releasing the redacted report before the press presser? That's not what I understood. I understood they were going to do the press conference first. Okay, that's what I'm saying. They're not going to give anybody any time to review it, so that's what I mean. They're going to get their story out there, the spin out there ahead of time. Yeah, that's insane. Like, the news shouldn't even carry it. I know. I agree. Right? If he's just going to get out there and say what he's already said in his memo, which is that's what he's going to stick with, right? He's going to stick with his four-page memo. But if the reporters don't have an opportunity, because I'm assuming... It's a press conference. He'll be taking questions. Yeah, they are taking questions. Uh, you would want to take questions based on the information that you read inside the memo. Mm-hmm. I mean, inside the report. Right? I, I, you know, he's already been through the question and answer phase with Congress. Sort of. Well, no. He only answered so many questions. Then he said... You think he's going to answer more to the press? No, no, no. But what I'm saying is when he was in front of Congress... He got to a point and he said, I am not answering any more questions about that. Mm-hmm. about my four-page love letter yeah. double-spaced until after the report's out. He he basically told Congress, I'm done. I'm not saying anything else at this point. So there's plenty of questions to be asked. Oh, yeah, he's not under oath, and you're right, it is the No, point. but what I'm just saying is, are those questions that can be asked uh, without having the report? How? Yeah. Um it's all by design. I mean, this is he's just becoming just another spin doctor for the presidents. Mm-hmm. 
basically what it is. Yeah. And, and his handling of this report, the, the Axe Muller report, which is now the Bar report, it, it, it's it's interesting to see how he's doing it, his method of doing it. It's reminiscent. Of what year? 1989. It was a good year. <laughs> That's when Barr worked for um, <laughs> Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah. He was in I the, think that was a Steel Wheels tour, so it was a good year. Huh? <laughs> yep. Barr. Fact check that. I just, I just <laughs> threw that. If I'm close... I wouldn't be surprised if you nail it. I, 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 that's, I, I'm in the ballpark. I know you are. <laughs> but he worked for the uh, Justice Department. I forgot which department it was. Office. Office of Legal Counsel. Yeah, OLC, that's what it was. And uh, that's when uh, Bush, Papa Bush, was trying, was it Venezuela? He was trying Nicaragua. To, oh, Nicaragua. That's or, or um, Ortega. Or, yep, yep. Uh, not Ortega. That's a taco. Ah, what's his name? Man, is it Ortega? No, not Noriega. 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 <laughs> That's not a taco. Uh, he basically wanted to overthrow Noriega in Nicaragua, right? And that all was going sideways. And then Barr was somehow involved in their process or their procedure. I think writing the procedures, yeah, of, of whether or not it's FBI could go to a foreign country and abduct somebody on behalf of America and arrest Noriega yeah. Yeah. without getting Nicaragua's permission, right? And it was like a thirteen-page dissertation of what they based their ability to do it, right? Which something bizarre, wacko like that gets you in front of Congress, which mm-hmm. Barr was. And he refused to hand over that document, but he said he'd be happy to summarize yes. the uh, the underlying premise of it. Sounds familiar. Sounds very familiar. And it, well, you want to say something about it? No, 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 go ahead. Okay. So anyways. No, well, I just... I just know you've got stuff to add to it, and I don't want to hog the conversation. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyways, Barr refused to give up the document, but he kept saying that he would summarize for right. them and that they should trust him. Right. And it eventually, it long out, story short, yeah. it took three years to finally, till someone finally leaked that document, and it showed that his summarization wasn't even close right. to what was in that document. Right. You no, know, it mischaracterized the the OLC's findings on the constitutionality or the legality of what he said was okay to do. Yeah, because he, he said something to the effect that the laws that they were going to violate, apply. apply were only going to be to do directly with the United States. U.S. laws and U.S. Not international laws. laws. When in actuality, that document, it was all about international, international laws. Right. And he, it's, it's almost word for word verbatim, the things he is saying about the Mueller report now, it, it's almost like he's parroting right. what the, he said back in 1989. The, the parallels are unbelievable. He's doing it right in front of us. And because back in 89... When it finally took three years for that document to actually surface, 
he was gone and it didn't stick to him. So it's like it, this thing was almost just like a blip in history. But now that it's been discovered, a couple of journalists or whatever picked up on it and now have brought this thing back to life. It's eerily similar similar to what he's doing now with the Mueller report, which does not make me feel good about it. But on the other hand, because now they're aware of what happened back then, maybe it's a way to railroad him and move things along or, or force his hand. Well, I don't know. certainly they're they're not going to take what he said on face you know on face value, right? I mean, they're going to look try to look deeper into it. If if it's heavily redacted, I think there's going to be a greater push to try and get more of that report. Um, I did see just a blip today that there might be two variations, two versions of redacted report. Uh, that, one for Congress, one for us? But one for Congress public, one for... Closed door session. Uh, yeah, what do they call them? The, the higher security level congressmen. The group of eight. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, which is actually more than eight, but... Yeah, so, was, uh, but I don't, I, that is not, I just saw one headline about that, um, that there, there, there could be a, a second version that's less redacted at, at higher security. You know what else I saw, and, and I'm real sketchy on the details of this, but there was some kind of... But that's that's why we talk. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, that's when we roll here at Bottoms <laughs> Up, and we're sketchy on details. That's when we're in the zone. <laughs> But there was also some kind, <laughs> some kind of court proceedings yesterday mm-hmm. where there was a judge about Roger Stone. No, right? No, 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 no. Well, oh, I'm had, sketchy this, on those details. Then this had to do with Barr in the report in the redaction he's trying to do. It's some kind of legal. S- Stone rainbow. is tied in with that too. Well, maybe this, maybe this is the same thing. But I just, I, I don't remember hearing Stone mention about it. But the judge basically stepped in and said, look, he goes, the things you were targeting to redact from this could possibly, air quotes, be overkill. I, as the judge, Mm -hmm. am going to look at the full unredacted report, and I am going to decide if you are obstructing. It basically was what I heard. This was the same judge as Manafort. Manafort's judge, wasn't it? Jackson, Mm -hmm. I think. No, no, no! Not that, not that female judge. Um, okay. This this guy. Sketching details. This guy had uh, details, details. Like a, I don't know. But but it uh, was a it was a uh, male judge. In in relation to the to the Stone indictment, his case is still going on, and so there might be redactions based on his case. Um, but then they were saying that that would also and perhaps. Um, Show that it's less likely to redact other portions, you know, that were not really related to Stone, and the judge was going to be looking at that too. So, this judge, this was was involving the Stone case and redactions within the report there, but it also might affect the redactions in other areas that they shouldn't be. Well, this judge basically was just calling bullshit on Barr. Yeah, because he he was like saying. We can see what you're up to, yeah. and we're not going to let you do it. If it needs to be redacted, truly needs to be redacted, I will tell you that. And if it doesn't, because there's all sorts of possibility he's going to redact stuff that has been public knowledge, like especially along the obstruction lines. Because presidents, 
he he obstructs in plain plain right. view on TV on radio. We right. see it all the time, and the 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 thought is, is that Barr is going to be over redacting even stuff like that that it's it's public knowledge just to to muddy it more and confuse things more. And so this judge basically said, I'm not going to let you do it. The judge had like your buddy's name, like Louie Nelson or something. (laughs) It was something like that. It was definitely a male, though. It wasn't the female Judge Jackson. This was Uh, some other kind of proceeding, and I'm not even sure what it was. I like caught the tail end of the story. So, But I thought that was interesting that you you got somebody in the judicial saying, nah, I'm calling bullshit on what you're trying to pull here. Trying to keep things moving yeah. properly. Yeah. So. Well, Anyways, t- t- tomorrow should be an interesting day, and unfortunately, I'm yeah. going to uh, to miss the, the the press conference, and it's I'm going to be you know on my phone, but it's going to be difficult to, to catch a lot of the news as I will be traveling to Mexico. Mexico. My prediction Which is. One? There's a whole bunch down there now, right? Uh, yes. Which Mexican <laughs> yes. country will I be going to? <laughs> uh, They're all Mexican. Uh, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to the one where uh, it doesn't have a wall. <laughs> I'm going to the one without the wall. Uh, well, I'm predicting that... I'm going to do my own illegal crossing. <laughs> that would be awesome. Take pictures. We'll put it on the <laughs> Facebook page. But your, your own caravan. How come we don't do a recording? You from, are a from caravan the, of from, one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll be two of us. Well, you, uh, you and, and one and, and and one of them has one of us has some Middle Eastern blood. <laughs> so so she falls in the terrorist <laughs> category, right? Middle East terror, right? The, the Middle East. And you have leprosy. <laughs> used to be in a gang. <laughs> so. Anyways, my prediction after tomorrow, I predict the subpoena cannon will be firing on Friday because that's the promise from the Democrats. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be lighting the fuse and it, the subpoenas are going to be flying, I believe. Yeah. Because you, you know he's not going to give them what they want or what they deserve. Uh, right. Or what, what, what is. I mean, you know, it's, it, it really should go beyond partisan politics, right? It's not what they want. It's what should be available to them. I mean, other than just national security, right, that's really the only thing that should be redacted. And I don't know where we are on the court cases with uh, grand jury information. I mean, that's typically held secret, but you can get a judge to authorize its release. And I, 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 I don't know where that stands or if that has happened yet. But probably grand jury um, testimony will also be redacted. Which color? Um, you get four colors. <laughs> of redaction. Yeah. You didn't know these were color-coded? No, and I'm not shitting you. <laughs> Barr said he was going to color-code redactions so you know what was being redacted. I'm not making that up. Okay. Four colors. Grand jury is one color. Um, methods and sources. Sources is another. The third one was the. Uh, See, methods and sources can be national security. I yeah. get that. But there's four colors. But grand it's jury. It's not black anymore. I think you can just go to a judge and get a grand jury testimony released. Bar won't do it. Of course you can do it. And there's precedent for it. Absolutely. The, the Nixon thing. Absolutely. Uh, the other one probably would be ongoing investigation. It was ongoing investigation, and then 
third parties that the other being... one, what what bar wants to redact that's what that's that's the fourth one <laughs> well the fourth one was supposedly was people that were named but weren't being charged so to protect their reputation Bull shit on that it's too bad right bull capital s with a hit i mean that 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 cart has already taken off with the horses because uh hillary clinton oh yeah yeah right true I, I mean, the FBI did that to Hillary, um, you know, unindicted co-conspirator, unindicted bad person, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't. I, if 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 someone is in that report and isn't being indicted but did some shady business, we we ought to know about it. That's what the whole report is. So if if if, if Barr's redacting that, that's the entire report right there. That's why I. I because it's all about what these people did that they shouldn't have been doing. Even on the collusion, forget about the obstruction for a second. We know what collusion took place, like Manafort giving polling data or Papadopoulos, you know, talking to the Russians uh, about, you know, the campaign or whatever he was talking about, right? And uh, the meeting at Trump Tower. There were, there, there's already collusion. Yeah. You, you know, I heard an interesting perspective because... With all this stuff, you emotionally can, things can kind of get away from you. And the, I, I don't remember the guy's name, but he had a different perspective. He was trying to ground the rest of the group that were talking. He was saying the mistake people are making in this redact, non-redact kind of thing is they're looking at it in binary terms, mm-hmm. whether you're it's chargeable or not chargeable. And he said, that's, that's not what you should be looking at. What this whole thing is about is national security. W- was this com- was right. this country, was this president, was this administration, were they compromised along national security lines, the safety of this country? Whether it's chargeable or not has zero to do with it. Whether there's criminal, um, criminal activity yeah, I, I or not criminal activity, that binary thing is what's getting everybody hung up and people are getting sucked into to that being the choice but the choice is is was this president compromised was the people in his organ his administration yeah. were they compromised is somebody else ethics. influencing what's going on ethics yeah. norms traditions whatever yep. it people are losing i'm guilty of it you get sucked into it the, the energy of it the the anger and all that kind of stuff and you want to see someone go to jail and pay for it but that's not really what's going on for the last couple of years. That that investigation has been about. I mean, well, everyone knew collusion is not against the law, right? So you 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 know you have to then take it to the next level of conspiracy. The point is whether or not people were putting the national security of the United States at risk for political gain, you know, and uh, and and were not they, only political, financial. Well. Financial gain, personal gain. Oh, personal gain. Okay, right. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. All of the above. All of the above. And that's really, we have set this bar, no pun intended, so low any any longer that criminality is the only thing that matters. You know, the ethics used to be up here, morality, um, you know, patriotism. Those were the things that we would hold our elected officials to. Now, the only thing we hold elect, elected officials to is, is it criminal or not criminal? And, and that's and, 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 and I would actually even say it's less than that. It's not criminal or it's indicted or not indicted. Right? That that's 
That's really because we can call it criminal if we want, but if they're not indicted, I mean, how many times do we see crap in the news about this person breaking the law? And it's like, well, then where's the where's the indictment? Who's going to indict this person? And then they don't get indicted. Yeah, nothing happens. So it's really not criminal. And and that's the world that Trump has lived in his whole life. He he knows things that he has done is are criminal. It's whether or not they were indictable. That's that's the that's the that's the line that he has lived on. Sad, sad times. You know what I often wonder? Total non sequitur, but you, you're talking about the line he walks with criminality. I wonder if some point that dude had something with someone getting knocked off. I'm not saying I know anything. Obviously, I don't. But I, I just wonder. There's somewhere in all that crooked shit he's been involved in for 30 years. You know, has it got to that point where somebody it, in it, those it, circles he ran in? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, you, you sound a little bit like the Hillary, the Clinton conspiracy. But, but, but I just look at uh, the patterns of behavior right. in, in the, the unaccountability. And how far do you but push or, it with people like that? Whether or not he has ever been involved in violent crime, to me, is not even as important as the amount of people he has financially ripped off in his life. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, he's done much more damage to society, uh, him and his ilk, you know, by, by siphoning money out of the system that belongs to other people. That, that's where the real crime is. You know, individual violent crimes are horrible, but they're really horrible for the parties involved and the immediate, you know, relationships around them. But, you know, the, the, kind, of, the kind of stuff that Manafort did, the kind of stuff that, you know, Trump has done, the kind of stuff that you know, any number of, um, you know, Michael Cohen, right? I, I mean... You know, that's ripping off taxpayers. That's ripping off small business people, ripping off people that don't have the resources that you have. That, that to me, is, is what the real crimes are. Well, it's, it's just to follow your point. And, and again, I wasn't accusing the guy because... You can. All right. But Facts are sketchy. That whole, like, the, <laughs> the, whole, the whole Trump University thing. That, that should be criminal. He, he, got, he got fined $25 million. But all the people he ripped off, it was like 175 million. So he still made out. He made 150 million. He paid 25 million, and he walks away with his pockets loaded. And and, and why isn't that criminal? I don't know. Because yeah. he got fined. But but it's no. It's I'm, still I'm just criminal, saying, right? I mean, you, you know, it's fraud. It, exactly right. And it's and it's it's civil. It's not criminal. Be, you know why? Because the people that write those laws, they know people like Trump, and so. You know, we're, we're going to take, you know, your, your, your guy, you know, selling a couple, you know, rocks of crack on the street. And we're going to fill him up. You know, we're going to fill the prisons up with people like him. So our private prison buddies over here can make lots of money. But, you know, the white collar guy that is, uh, you know, either bilking the taxpayer. Oh, like, uh, for instance, um, Rick Scott down in Florida, right? The, the, the biggest Medicaid, Medicare scam in the history of the, of, of the country is when he was running whatever health care system that he was running. Just billions of dollars defrauding the government. And then before they get fined, 
he walks away. He resigns. So as the CEO, he's not even connected at the time that the indictments come down, but they only come down on the corporation. The heads of those companies aren't going to jail. It's the corporations. And when the corporation gets fined, who gets hurt? The people that are trying to work for that corporation, you know what I mean? The, the, the vendors of that corporation, the employees of that corporation, the, the, the head honchos, they don't get hurt. You know, so you find a corporation because the head honchos have done something wrong. That doesn't hurt them. That nope. hurts the little people downstream. Put those people in jail. You know, well, our, our jails ought to be filled with many more white-collar criminals than, you know, violent offenders. They, they really ought to be. Just like the banking thing back when we collapsed in, what, Yeah, same thing. Same Every, thing. There wasn't a single person put in jail for that. Right. That was one of the biggest disasters in modern mm-hmm. time, financially, and not a single one. They all yeah. got bonuses. Yeah, right, right. Potom's up to them, eh? Yeah, Potom's up. All right. Okay, Grassy, then let's have another beer. What do you got in the trove? Beer in the number, T-squared. Beer number 22 for Catch-22 episode. For we, Jordan 2-2. Jordan 2-2. That's right. All right, we've got that name figured out. <laughs> did you look that up on break? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Not Desmond 2-2 <laughs> of the Detroit Red Wings. You know, someone ought to name a beer for Desmond 2-2 as well. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, our second offering. That's Our second offering, we go across the Big Mac, across the bridge up to the UP, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, to Keweenaw once again. And uh, we have one called Red Jacket. It is an amber ale. Uh, this is a. Kind of kissing your sister kind of stuff. It's only 5.1 alcohol, but uh, we've had good success with Keweenaw, and I kind of dug the uh, the redhead on the can, so that's why I grabbed it. And it's an amber ale. It is. Um, and you know you, you know me, I've, I've got a little place in my heart, a little kinship there with Keweenaw, yep. as it is the home of semicolons. <laughs> He keeps them in business. Uh, and uh, he tells me he wants to stay in the Keweenaw Peninsula for the summer. Really? Yeah, yeah. he's, he's uh, not coming home. What's he want to do up there? Um, <laughs> whatever it is, I'm paying for it. <laughs> uh, no, he says he's going to get a job. And uh, just uh, he said, I'd rather do summer up there uh, than be bored in Livonia. Not that there's anything wrong with Livonia, but uh, I kind of get, part of me says it's, and I kind of remember this because I spent a year at school up in the Upper Peninsula as well. You're there for the winter, and it is miserable. I, I mean, and even if you're a fan of winter, even if you like, you know, snowboarding, okay, the winter in the UP is miserable. It's it brutal. is cold and windy, and it's blizzard conditions, and... You know, it's it's not like it's when it's that beautiful, sunny, you know, 29-degree day where you like to hit the slopes, you know, or, you know, snowmobile or whatever, right? It's brutal. And I think there's a part that says, now you want to see the upside. Mm-hmm. You want to see what, 
uh, the, the beauty of the Upper Peninsula and the beauty, especially at places like Keweenaw Peninsula, that it can offer when it thaws out. And I, I think there's... About I, June. Right? <laughs> yeah. June, July. And I, and I, June and I, through mid-July. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's, that's part, of what, a part of it, but I also think that he just really uh, uh, feels at, at home and, and has built some friendships up there and, um, you know. That's what I was going to say. He's probably starting to get in touch with his environment, and it's something he owns, and it's his, you know. And he, mm-hmm. Let's check it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Potom's up to him. All right, Potom's up to we'll semicolon. Try the beer. Colon. Enjoy that summer. Another beer with a really nice color to it. I was just going to say that looking at the Potom's Up pints, when we have a red beer... It does the the etching, the bottoms up uh, graphic, the most justice. I, it, right. it makes the cups look the best. So, um, no, it, it's it's this is a true copper color. Yep. You know, you, the other one was definitely more brownish, and I think if we had them side by side, we'd, we'd see a big difference. This is is certainly a uh, a copper color, and I think uh, the label talked about the copper mines um, of. Uh, the Keweenaw Peninsula, which the Keweenaw Brewing, their their theme of all their beers are basically about mm-hmm. the mines. Right, right. Um, and and yeah, um, we've we've I think we've liked them. Is that a miner's helmet? It's a miner's Our helmet. Young yeah. lady is wearing. Um, yep. Yeah, she's but, got very blue eyes. She might be a. Uh, oh yeah, she's a she's a White Walker. She's a White Walker, I think. Boy, that's a segue. <laughs> that's a spoiler alert. Uh, it's called Red Jacket. Did we mention the name? You, you probably did. I think uh, I did. Uh, and, and Red Jacket has to do, again, with uh, uh, the Red Jacket mine, uh, which was in the glory days of copper mining. And in Calumet, Michigan. <clears throat> um, I mean, these reactions are, are, are pretty tasty. Yeah? Oh, I liked it a lot. I like this a lot. Hmm. I, I'm not sure. Here it is. I was going to tell you a little a story, and it ties in with the beer as well. Okay. So my problem with this is that it's a little bit watery. It's mm. not very strong. And I think it's because Potoms Up has spoiled me with like these high yeah. alcohol beers, high flavor. And I was listening to the local morning radio show on my way to work the other day. And they got on the topic of beers real quick. And some all like, you know, the four or five percents, and they're like, yeah, like those are okay. That's pretty much your average. It'll do you in pretty good. And someone mentioned eight percent. They're like, whoa, eight percent? That, like, that's going to hit you hard. Like, you're going to be out for the count. I'm thinking, eight percent? Like, like we make our land yeah, pad. Like, <laughs> anything below eight percent, we kind of kind of dump on a little bit, you know? Like, that's, yeah. that's weak to us. Do you think it, can, do you, do you think it, it, it affects the flavor, though? The alcohol content, in a way, I mean, it might affect the flavor being, but yeah, mm. in terms of, of stronger flavor or weaker flavor. I, I tend to find that the beer with more flavor has higher percentage in it. Hmm. Like, so maybe, we should yeah, say. Like it, you know, it's good, good, good question for GZ, our, our local expert, yeah. expert. But I don't think it's always the case, but more often than not. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think it's just... It's got decent flavor, but a little more water than I really want in it. So the texture to you is too watery. It's yes. too thin. Yeah. It's thin. It is 
thin, but I, I still like the flavor. I probably actually prefer the other beer, but this is this is going to be for me. No reason I wouldn't have this again. No, it's definitely yeah. for me. I, I I like this beer, and normally I definitely go for a fuller-bodied beer, but I like this. And, and, and again, this to me is the kind of amber that I wouldn't mind drinking on hotter days and summer mm-hmm. days because there is a refreshingness. And you know what's funny is, is they mention it's October's October Oktoberfest yeah. style beer, which normally are the heavier. Yeah, I, I, don't I, don't, if, I don't. I don't see. I don't, see I don't agree. That's why I mean, yeah. like you're saying, this could probably work on a nice hot day. And mm-hmm. I agree. And an Oktoberfest style of beer, I would never think, would the, think that way. Yeah. So you, you know, uh, Fred, you had mentioned uh, prior um, that you thought this beer was going to be liked by all of us, you know. And that got me thinking about the first beer that we all agreed on in the For Me category. Scotty? Yes. Scotty Karate. And uh, Keystone was in town, and, uh, you know, he provided us with beers in the past from Pennsylvania, and he brought me another 12-pack of variety of beers. So I said, you know, let me go out and we're going to buy... I'll buy you some Michigan beers. Um, and this also ties into the fact that, yeah, we definitely don't kiss our sister because <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the three beers that he that he went home with, I think, had a combined ABV of about 27. <laughs> yeah, nice. that sounds about right. And, uh, uh, and... So we went to my favorite establishment to to, to buy the beers. Uh, he picked out a, well, I, I helped him pick out. I pressed upon him the Scotty Karate mm-hmm. Scottish Ale. I said this this was our first triple winner. I said you're really gonna like this beer, and I'd forgotten that was high octane. Yeah, I, I didn't remember that part of it. Yes, because then he started looking them up, and he's like, oh my god, all these beers. Then the other one, which is more obvious for high octane, was the KBS. Mm-hmm. Which I had not actually had yet, and we we still have to bring it onto the show sometime. Um, I had that a couple of years ago, but I had the first. I had my first one over at Red Ox the night before, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was outstanding. Uh, it's it's good. I like it. Yeah, it, it was really really tasty. Yeah. And that's, that's strong that's, though. That's twelve two. Yep, um, <laughs> and. Uh, so that's I said, not kissing your sister. <laughs> that might be going to bed with your sister. <laughs> so I sent him home with. That's the, a whole different thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I sent him home with the KBS, the Scotty Karate, and then he picked out one that we had not done yet. But it was also for an IPA. It was um, pretty hopped up, and that was the uh, Bell's Hop Solution. I've had that. Yeah, I think I've had it. I've had that at their bar. I've had that mm-hmm. at their bar on yeah. tap, yeah. And I said, you know, you're, you're not going to go wrong with Bell's. It's a good beer. You know, Hop Solution tells you everything you want to know. Yep. He, he likes them hoppy and bitter. So I thought the combination of those three, the Scotty Karate, the KBS, and the Hop Solution, what, a, what a fine party that's gift. That's a nice trio. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Well, well done. Pottoms up. So did you get any feedback from them yet? No, not yet. Um, but, uh, but I told them that I definitely wanted to. Yeah, I know he likes the KBS. 
Mm-hmm. Because we, we had one of those. And, mm-hmm. it, and you better like it because a four pack of KBS will set you back. What about 20 bucks? 21 bucks? 21. Yeah. Whew. Hot dog. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> all right. What was your segue there, Knobs? Well, there was a few. <laughs> um, one, the. The red jacket lady has blue eyes like a white walker. A white walker. What the and heck's a white walker? And the red witch. And if you want to talk about kissing sisters. <laughs> so, Is there a lot of that? There's quite a bit of that. Cersei. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, what, what, what is that character, the red-haired? Is, is she the red witch? Yeah, she's the red priestess. Oh, priestess. The yes. red priest. That actually kind of looks like her on the can yeah. a little bit. Oh, Melisandre. Melisandre, that's her name. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, we're, of course, talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, and, and I thought this would be an interesting topic for... I mean, one, it's super topical. I mean, it's like, yeah. so obvious. <laughs> when you talk about today's culture, you can't get away, right? You can't get away from Game it's of Thrones. It's everywhere. But plus, it is the beginning of the new and final season. Yep. Do you think there's any chance that it won't be the final season? Like, is there going to be a cry for more Game of Thrones and force people to come back to the table? And No, they're... They're right at the end of the storyline. They're going to finish it up. They're done. Okay. Uh, and and you people, <laughs> are you going to be fine with that? Like, are you going to are you going to have closure? I'm prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, but but the fact that they won't make new ones, are well, you going to be okay with that? Well, they're not doing any more of this storyline, but they are doing spinoffs already. Okay. So there's more of the. Game of Thrones universe happening. I, I didn't realize until recently that these were books first. You didn't know that? No. No, it's, it's not my thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm the outsider here, right? In full disclosure, I am one of these people that have never seen a single episode. Everything I know from Game of Thrones is <laughs> is what I see in marketing, right. which is mind-boggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Tim, uh, Tim Curry, Tim Curry, Frankenfurter. Yeah, <laughs> so Fred just shared a Tim Curry picture on a Game of Thrones throne or no, whatever. That's the, the Iron, Iron throne. throne. That's what the Game of Thrones is. They want that seat because that controls the Seven Kingdoms. Please, that's <laughs> it. okay. I get it. Frankenfurter won. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> Yeah, see, I, like, I barely know that there's a game, so I'm I'm definitely on the outside of this. But I all, but but you also know that I've been a big proponent of having this as a topic. Yeah, it's funny. Like I didn't push it, Fred. You didn't push it. It was the non-watcher who pushed this topic. Because the cultural impact of mm-hmm. this seems to be—it's just mind-boggling to me how much I see. And I don't want to put it just in the group of marketing. Like marketing to me is. You know, license deals for, you know, night lights or batteries. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would just say such a thing. <laughs> uh, or you, you know, know, or you know, on the on the the box of the Coke or cola or Pepsi. You know, right? So that's, that's that's or or T-shirts and hats, right? So that's merchandising. The, the the marketing of this really. Seems to like go baseballs to flamethrower beyond that. Baseballs the lunchbox. Um, and so it, it, it's just a, a huge cultural impact, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I find uh, 
curiously sort of amazing about about what Game of Thrones has has done in, in terms of its uh, its penetration into culture, unlike anything I've ever seen. You know what's so, weird about it though? I, sorry to cut you off now. Just a real quick thought. You know what's strange though is as massive and as unequaled as this thing is. I still run into a lot of people like at work that don't watch it, which kind of blows me away. It's like, isn't everybody See, watching? that speaks to the cultural impact, that you're actually surprised yes. when you meet someone that doesn't watch the show, right? I mean, it's it's different. You know, I, I was thinking back, like, what are some of the other huge, huge TV shows and, 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 and movies um, throughout history that, you know, you could have have a cultural impact i breaking bad okay breaking mm-hmm. bad's on my list but because of the subject matter you didn't get the marketing behind it <laughs> you, you, you know right bio suits the sales on bio suits <laughs> are way up what's the, the hat that he has the oh the pork, pork, pie. pork pie pork pie oh, it's pork, pork pie. pie yeah i'm sure those sales went way up at least one i yeah, bought one at least, at least one <laughs> You know, I, I mean, Star Wars was a huge series where, where I think Star... Some would say it still is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't mean to, to go past tense. But, but the, the, the difference on Star Wars, it's almost, it's almost impossible to compare the apples and apples when you're talking about pre-social media and, and social right. media. Like, like how much of Game of Thrones has, has grown because of social media? Mm-hmm. It, it, it hits that target that is also social media active, doesn't it? Right. And I think even Breaking Bad was right around that mm-hmm. time to where they just started using social media. Mm-hmm. So I think it missed out on that just by a, a little bit, yeah. in my opinion. But, but yeah, Game of Thrones, I mean, you see it everywhere. It, it's like the marketing teams aren't turning down a bad idea. It's just, you got an idea? Green light it. Go. Um, and I don't get the, the 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 way I see the the marketing happening. It you know it, it doesn't. I'm sure it's about the money, but it doesn't scream about the money. Like it almost screams more of I want to be a part of the culture. So Johnny yes. Walker comes out with a whiskey, right? Yes. And, and you know, of course they're trying to sell more whiskey, but I think more importantly they're trying to be a part of something. You, you know, know the, the the marketing and advertising teams at Johnny Walker. We're like, hey, let's do something fun and be part mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones. It wasn't like, gee, how can we improve third quarter revenue? Oh, yeah, throw Game of Thrones on a label. I, 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 I have to believe it was, you know, more the former than the latter. That was a conversation I had with a friend just a few days ago. Is it seems like for most marketing, it's, hey, let's contact Johnny Walker and. Mm-hmm. We will pay them to put our label on a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, it's, it's a royalty. And now I, or license. I'm right. going to assume that Johnny Walker probably went to HBO and said, "We want to make this." Yeah, yeah, no. The, the, and the, same thing with Oreos and Mountain Dew and and even if it didn't, other that's the way it seems. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, that that's what I find interesting about it yes. is the way the marketing. It doesn't seem like marketing. It seems like being part of that tribe mm-hmm. more than going after the dollars. Where in other 
cases when when you saw Star Wars on the Miller Lite box, you just thought, oh, Miller Lite's trying to make a buck on people that are Star Wars fanatics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I it, I just it just feels very different because of um, just the, the 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 variety even or the, the 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 love of people have of Game of Thrones. I mean, is you know that 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 makes it a part of it. No, I think that's a good point. And again, you've kind of brought up a different angle, which I wouldn't have thought of, but I think I tend to agree with you, you know, with the whole whiskey thing you were saying there is like, with Johnny Walker, right? Yeah, it's Johnny Walker, yeah. They don't have a hard time selling their whiskey, you know what I'm saying? So to do what they did, like you say, it's probably like wanting to be included, inclusive. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Are there any beers? Has anyone seen any yes. any, any beer on, on Game of Thrones? Absolutely okay, okay. I didn't have that on my list. I didn't. It was, it was, I didn't look for things that have attached themselves in the marketing of Game of Thrones. But you know that I have been spotting them, yes. right? So, so because they're everywhere, and 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 again, it, I I don't. It, it seems more like like here's some here's some some things that aren't necessarily about selling, right? Uh, trivia nights, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones trivia nights. Now I kind of get the game of or the uh, the trivia nights on Seinfeld because those folks are just nuts, right? I mean, every Seinfeld episode, every joke, every character, right? Um, uh, huge, massive joke in in my company right now about uh, Lloyd Braun <laughs> uh, with Seinfeld, the computer salesman. Every time you sold one, thing. oh yep, okay. I know that. I, 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 I've signed this new customer, and all he does is keep telling me how much he's going to sell, and so now I keep <laughs> repeating this to my co- company. So now I'm the Lloyd Braun, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so far haven't sold anything. Right. Okay, but <clears throat> the phone wasn't even plugged in. <laughs> but, but right, right, right. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I get the I, I get the. Uh, um, you know, the, the, that's where I, I, I kind of understand that with, with Seinfeld, but there's not very many others that you could do that with. But then Seinfeld doesn't have the marketing. So if you look at, you know, any of these other big media um, franchises, Seinfeld, Star Wars, Breaking Bad, Simpsons, wh- whatever it is, they have the bits and pieces, but Game of Thrones seems to have it all, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Simpsons had all that celebrity attraction. Yep. Game of Thrones has tremendous celebrity attractions, right? Seinfeld had all the, you know, the followers that knew all the jokes and all the routines and all the characters. You know, but they didn't have the marketing. Game of Thrones has both of those. That's why you can do trivia nights with Game of Thrones. I mean, I do. When I, I like trivia nights at the bars. I like it all mixed up, right? Give me, you know, some, some music, some I like the, you know. With the potpourri, right? Right. Yeah. The variety. I, uh, I couldn't. I, of course, I couldn't do a Game of Thrones trivia. I, there wouldn't be one one question I would even get. I watched the show and I couldn't do it. Yeah, but there. Are, but but obviously, I had to ask it. a character name a little bit ago <laughs> because I don't know, but I knew he would know. Yeah. So I, I'm sort of in that same boat with you. I like trivia night, but I don't think I would do Game of Thrones. Just, I don't know. Yeah. Another another real world example of Game of Thrones impact is on travel and tourism. Oh, mm-hmm. 
where, again, I'm trying to think of another, I can't think of another media franchise that has had the impact on travel and tourism where uh, it's like, it's, it's, you know, New Zealand and Scotland or whatever it is. Is, is that where it's? Uh, New Zealand, Scotland, Iceland, Croatia. I think Canada Spain, as well. Spain, parts of Canada. Okay, but Canada's not reaping the benefits. <laughs> I think Pierre Trudeau would disagree with you. Uh, or Justin. I was going to say Pierre. <laughs> Who the hell is Pierre Trudeau? <laughs> He's in Game of Thrones. <laughs> He's a knight. Uh, I think that was his dad, wasn't it? Trudeau? And then who was the comic strip writer, Trudeau? Was that Eric Trudeau? Or no. We'll fact check all that. Oh, God. Okay. But Pierre Tr- was Pierre Trudeau Justin's father? He was prime minister. I think so. Yeah. Date, I think I'm dating myself. Yeah. I'm living in a but I'm, I'm, the comic. I'm just drinking. You know, uh, <laughs> the, the, the tourism thing is, is huge. Another one which is um, uh, kind of sad and I think we talked about it or shared something about it, and that is uh, oh, the husky adoptions. Yes. And I I remember reading something about husky adoptions about two years ago, and who and whoever wrote the story did not correlate it to Game of Thrones. To Game of Thrones. And I could I could dig up that article probably and and read it in a different light. But now what they're saying is yes that. I mean, huskies are really beautiful, cool-looking animals, right? Uh, and 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 I can understand why people want them, but then they find out that those dogs are work. They're they're difficult to raise. They're a big dog, right? big and dog, and they gotta run. They gotta run. They gotta play. They take a ton, a tremendous amount of interaction. They 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 need a lot of combination between indoor and outdoor, um, and they do take a tremendous amount of training if you want to take the wildness out of them. But, and and so, you know, that article talked about people were adopting and breeding these huskies at this incredible rate, but then they were ending up going back into the rescues. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it wasn't long ago that they started doing quote-unquote husky rescues, just like they do greyhound rescues or, you know, but that, that what, it wasn't required before. And then you sent me the article about kind of pointing to Game of Thrones being a cause of that. And a couple of years ago, it wasn't known. Yeah. 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 Ever since, I think, season one, I just everyone wants a dire wolf-looking dog now. Um, a dire wolf. Two? Mm-hmm. Weren't there two wolves? Then the two... Uh... No, there was one for each start child. Yeah, that... Yeah, right. I was thinking of just um, John and his brother. Rob? Rob, yep. See? I don't even know Rob, and he's an important character. John had one. Sansa had one. Arya has one. What about Bran? Yes. Bran. How well do you think you would do on... Talk about on, annoying. On, on, on GOT trivia. Average. Mm. I know a lot. I've done a lot of looking into different theories and everything, but I've never read the books. So if they start touching on that... Do you know are, how, how how well do the books follow the the, the the series follow the books? Um, from my understanding, interviewing knobs now fairly closely. Yeah, but the last three seasons, including this one, they've gone past the books. The series is still ongoing. Mm. The book, so 
they're so my they're, understanding they're is ahead of the books. Yes, my understanding is they, the the writer Martin, he knows how it's going to end. So they've given him that. So they're kind of writing their own. Path yeah, who's driving to the then? ending? Yeah, I guess who's who's driving? There's two the showrunners, ah. and they've been working with Martin since day one. So yeah, um, I, I'd mentioned that uh, you know a couple of the real world ways that Game of Thrones has invaded. Um, Dubrovnik in Croatia. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, they are turning away tourists. I think that's the Red Keep, if I remember correctly. Um, King's Landing. Uh, a huge economic impact in Northern Ireland. Um, that would probably be Cersei's kingdom. Uh, Ireland's probably the north. I could read the article here. You think that's the north? Ireland? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't snow there. Uh, anyway, I won't read the article. Uh, uh, baby names. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yes. Tons of baby names. I hadn't thought about that. How many Arias are there now? <sighs> it, it exhausts you. How many you jump? know what? Ar- Aria, Aria comes up. Uh, other popular characters have lent their name to babies around the world as well. Arya, the Stark's youngest daughter, inspired the names of 1,135 babies born in the United States in 2013. Um, Tryon, Tryon, the Lannister. Tyrion. Tyrion Sorry. Lannister. Uh, That's a South Pole elf. Theons. Yep, Theon. Theon. Um, that wasn't number Greyjoy. one. Greyjoy. Wrong color. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the ballpark yeah, you're with that. Yeah. How many, uh, jo- how many jo- jo- Joffreys do you think there are, Fred? <sighs> no one would name their kid Joffrey. Well, they John might. was number one. <laughs> J-O-N. I just made that up. I bet you it is. J-N. J-O-N, oh, no, not Khaleesi? J-O-N. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> That's the dragon queen. Uh, there are college courses available. Uh, and what else? Uh, the show's popularity forced an Australian street to be renamed. Uh, and then, you know, like there's just tons written about like the psychology of it. Um, do you, when you watch the show, when I, when I read, when I read these articles about the psychology or how it's, you know, a, a, a you can apply it to the meaning of life. Do you, do you do you see all of that happening in this one little world? I don't know about the meaning of life. However, I do have a real crackpot theory about the entire show. Okay, love it. In that it's a metaphor for global warming. Mm. And I won't spoil a whole lot for those who haven't seen it, Bottle. There is a looming threat to the kingdoms, the White Walkers. Okay. That's first few minutes of the uh, season one episode one so but that's coming and some people are like these things are real like this is not make-believe these zombies are real they're a threat and all the other kingdoms are just fighting for power and money Mm. and they're not dealing with the looming threat i see global warming Mm -hmm. climate change so but john snow Snow. He's above all that. Well, oh, he's he, seen it firsthand. He's he, a believer. He was at the Black Wall, was it? No. Uh, Castle Black. Castle Black. The 700-foot wall 
And that was the first defense against the White Walkers, yep. correct? Correct. So, so, yeah, he's gone beyond the wall, and he's seen them firsthand, and he's trying to unite these kingdoms and say, this is our threat. We need to take care of these first and foremost. He basically is saying, if we don't all fight together, we're going to die together. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I thought about global warming. That, that's not crackpot. <laughs> no, I, I, it's a, the way you explain it, it seems almost kind of obvious. <laughs> actually, it does. By you saying that, it's like, wow, that that's actually a very good way to look at it. You know, I told you I was in New York, right? I've we heard went, that once or twice. We yeah. went to Shake Shack. Oh, did you go to Shake Shack? You went to I, Shake Shack? I told they, Shack. they had I, Game I told of Thrones. Shake cups. Yeah, they had a special menu. Did you get the menu? <laughs> they didn't have a menu. I only saw the shake. Did you go to Madison Square Garden one? Uh, no, the one in uh, well, uh, Times Square. Okay, you messed up. <sighs> did, did Half Pint not tell you? No. You have to go to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Where they had a special burger and a milkshake. Hmm, I only yeah. saw the milkshake. It was like, the reason we didn't get it, because it was mint. And we didn't want mint. Yeah, we the wanted, mint's supposed to be... I wanted a chocolate malt. I like mint. The mint is supposed to be dragon glass inside the milkshake. <laughs> and then the <laughs> burger has a special dragon breath sauce on it. Oh, and you're supposed like... to order it in Valyrian. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Is that like speaking Klingon? <laughs> <laughs> the Stenerys' language. Oh, okay. <clears throat> All right. Um, tonight, I believe it's tonight... The Detroit Tigers have Game of Thrones night at Tiger Stadium at Comerica. Okay, so what would that be? Well, at at a baseball game, uh, you know, they want people to dress up. Okay, usually, Uh, but whatever. But but in addition, I think the first ten thousand fans get a Ron Garden hire Game of Thrones bobblehead. (laughs) He's sitting on the throne. Oh, on the the Iron Throne. He's sitting on the Iron Throne. And he's the manager of the Detroit Tigers. So. Did I tell you I went to New York recently? <laughs> but you know what we just missed? There was like a 40-foot iron throne oh, yeah. at the library or uh, at the mat, one so. of the two. It was this massive, like 40-foot tall mm-hmm. thing, and we just missed it. So Did we you go to the one that you could sit in? I didn't see that. You talked to Half Point. I went through and sent all the stuff you could do in New York with regarding Game of Thrones, and you didn't do any of it. She didn't say anything about sitting in the throne. Yeah, it's in a, it was in a fort. In a fort? So it was an old fort. You had to go there and find it. In New York? Yep. I didn't know that. In, in one of the boroughs? Yeah. Ah, interesting. Uh. Hmm. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the factoids that I found here on Game of Thrones. Um, interesting, their post-production has been taking longer and longer as the show has been getting you know better and better produced. Mm-hmm. Um, season one, there were 17 weeks in post-production. Season eight, there were 42 weeks in post-production. Uh, how many countries, you started to name them, how many countries do you think have been featured? Oh, boy. So this, this, uh, this is our own Game of Thrones trip yeah, here? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 12. Yeah, you're close. You want to go plus or minus that? I think it's less. 10. 
I was going to say nine or ten. Ten. Twelve thousand wigs and hair pieces. <laughs> uh, and seven just for Daenerys. 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 Yep. Daenerys. The Dragon Queen. Yeah. Mother of Dragons. Yeah. Mother. Of First of her name. Unbreaker. A breaker of chains. Did I tell you I went to New York? <laughs> and the first day we were there, we went to the Colbert show. I think it's the late night with Stephen yep. Colbert. Was there a throne? He had Anderson Cooper on. Uh-huh. And Anderson Cooper is a big, freaky geek over Game of Thrones. And they had him in the, the what's the king? The Ice King. The, the, king, the Night King. The Night King. <laughs> they had Anderson Cooper in the Night King makeup. Mm-hmm. That was pretty odd. He was just totally freaking out about it. Cool. That's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah, there, you, you think Anderson Cooper would be there to talk politics, which they did a little of. They talked more about Game of Thrones. Yeah. And then they showed him Where's Colbert? The, huh? and where's, where does Colbert fit on the scale the of Game, Game of Thrones? Thrones? Like, could he relate? Or was he like me, just sitting there like, what? I think he knew a fair amount about it, but I, I don't think he was a like a big fan. Yeah, Colbert so. is a diehard um, Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, could, I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, because they, they showed um, Anderson Cooper with Jon Snow, and they were on set and stuff, so they dressed him all up. He said it took nice. like four hours to get the makeup mm-hmm. on. and That's pretty cool. They were just screwing around, yeah. having a good old time. Uh, in eight seasons, they've used 4,000 gallons of wine. Blood. Blood. 4,000 gallons of blood. Oh, yeah. They've had some pretty massive fights. Mm-hmm. And 52,000 bags of snow. They would have to. Well, that's, isn't that all CGI? Well, well apparently not. Uh, season 7, I think, was delayed because they had to... Delay taping until it actually snowed. Where they're they flying. wanted some real they winter. Wanted real snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like you know, the Revenant that was all filmed in real, real snow, real snow, bears. I believe it was real bears. <laughs> but, well, it was a real bear, but real snow. I think real bears. It was like, it was like freezing. Snow. Yeah, it was just Leonardo, him and that bear mm-hmm. <laughs> looked real to me. Uh, anyway, so now you have those factoids on your trivia night. So, um, uh, what's the other one I saw? Um, dinner, evening dinners that are all themed. Really, you know, restaurants are having dinner oh, themes mm-hmm. for for Game of Thrones. There's a local place by me that has themed drinks. Okay, so so what happens? Drinks. What happens after this episode? Does it go away? That's what I'm trying to understand. So, do you ever think you're going to sit down one night and just? Binge, I, I'm not a binge binge the f out of it. And I, just go from front to back. I I've only binge watched Breaking Bad. I was late to that game, and I did binge watch as much as I could in, in as short a period of time as I could, and I loved it. I, I don't know, you know, um, fantasy fantasy sci-fi has never really been my thing. Um, would you characterize this as? Fantasy, see that's people don't people don't like putting a label on. Yeah, it's it's fantasy. I mean, there's a bit of magic and obviously dragons, dragons, dragons and zombies. Cool. So yeah, cool. keep in <laughs> mind that a lot of the like political intrigue is based off of real world events, though. 
So Martin has actually come out and said he's had to tone back some of the references, politics, yeah. the backstabbing, the incest, the the murders, because it from from real life, because real life was too outlandish for his fantasy novels. Huh. Yeah. So there's a lot, lot of uh, War of Roses references. Mm. Yeah, I actually feel like um, Game of Thrones is less fantasy versus something like Lord of the Rings or... Um, uh, because of the subject matter. Like, the time and place isn't as important. Where in Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, I mean, there's good versus evil, right, in Star Wars. That's what that was known for. Mm-hmm. But... Time and place meant a lot more than the storyline, I think. Maybe certainly in Lord of the Rings. In Game of Thrones, if it's political and and the meaning of life is in there, right? Time and place is a backdrop, mm-hmm. right? It, well, cer- if, certainly, and the storylines are supposed to be that good. Again, I'm speaking as that outsider again. What people have told me about Game of Thrones is. The plots and the storyline is much better than I think it would be, given what I think the subject matter is. Right, that's what I was going to say is fantasy takes a backseat to the political side of things. So that that, that compels me a little bit more. No one's running around casting fireball. And you you know what else, though? Now, Now you guys got me thinking about it. Like a comparison from like Lord of the Rings to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is more human nature. Mm-hmm. It's much more, Absolutely. even though it is fantasy and, and kind of some out-of-this-world type stuff, it's very relatable from human being to human being than something like Gate or um, Lord of the Rings would be. So you, you can relate, I think, a whole lot easier to these characters because they're always in these struggles and these decisions to be made kind of thing where in like Lord of the Rings it's more like you had orcs chasing you around mm-hmm. and, yeah you know yeah. you got Gollum coming Harry after Potter you. was kind of with that high relatability you, you know you, you had to get past the the wizardry part but you know one of the things that made that series so popular was that uh, you know people could relate to the struggles of those kids, mm-hmm. and 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 the and and the personal things that they had to deal with, and then the personalities around them, you know. And I think, but, but and, and again, that's another huge media franchise. But again, I don't think anything close. I think Game of Thrones is probably more relatable, but yeah, I more relatable for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah. with what you're saying. But. I mean, that was one of the things that made those books, I think, so wildly popular was the relatability that people when they when they when they read about Harry Potter and, and his friends that um you know the um the the sorcery behind it was was the backdrop and it was really about the the, the personalities mm-hmm. within those stories were you a Harry Potter guy nope no never got in Harry Potter mm. I think that was really an age thing Yes. It... Again, so we, we, we can make all these parallels of different of, of, of different movies and TV shows to to Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. none of them have them all. And that's where I was getting to. Right. Game of Thrones seems to have them all, you know? Uh, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, Harry Potter got popular just as I was, like, getting out of that age bracket that would fit that demographic, I think. So I never got into it. Yeah, no, it, it, it was definitely an age mm-hmm. thing. Uh, not that there weren't people outside that oh, age sure. that enjoyed yeah. the books. Um, and then, you know, you, you went to the movies, but, you you know, you went to the movies oftentimes. For me, is why would I watch Harry Potter when I have Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. I um, agree. Same choice. All right. Well, I hope you find something else that can occupy you after season nine. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. We've got um, the spinoffs for Game of Thrones. Yeah, what's They're, happening? Uh, I don't think they've actually laid out like a timeline for when it's happening or even when it's going to occur in the, the timeline. There's a Lord of the Rings show on Amazon coming out, which they tossed a quarter of a billion dollars at the show. I remember show. hearing about the production, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. And I think then, the Russians are behind that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They're behind everything. Like that. And then there's also the a Wheel of Time show coming out, I think, on Amazon or HBO. Is that a book? Yep. It's another fantasy series that I like. So Wheel of Time. Yep. It's not about uh, time travel? Nope. Okay. Nope. Yeah, we could do another show about how much I despise time travel. <laughs> so we're doing a show on Doctor Who then? Here we go. You know, all of the things I talked about were more U.S.-based, but yes, getting outside of U.S., cultural impact. Yeah. That's, that's Doctor Who's huge. What, yeah. since like 1964? Whatever, right. When did that start? You know? Was it 64 or something like that? Oh, geez, I should know this. I remember that as a kid. And like, what is We this? didn't understand it at all. Not at no. all. No. I barely like, understood we, Monty we, Python. We, we, and... Yeah, we caught it because it was on CBC. Right, right. That was the only reason we got it. The rest of America didn't get CBC. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We were right across. Yeah, well, no, they, they didn't get CBC in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they didn't Bill get, and Hillary weren't down there watching. They didn't watching. get CBC in, in Cincinnati. <laughs> It was it was it's a it's a unique situation in Detroit yeah, back before cable that we were able to pick up Canadian right. television. CBC Canadian Broadcast Corporation Corporation or or company yeah. I thought. Because yeah, we used to get all the weird stuff. We get yeah. Monty Python, we get the uh, They still show more hockey games today than they do here in the US. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we took it for granted. Yes, we did, absolutely. I think it's still around. Yeah, I'm CBC. Sure it is. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> of, course it, of course it is. It's their. I, th- I think it's government subsidized. It, it it's like socialism. It's like state run government, a la uh, Timbits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, throw in some Don Cherry on those tidbits, and that's what you had. CBC. That's right. Hockey night in Canada. All right. Okay. Well, and on that bombshell. Yeah. You're out, Grassy. Yeah, I am. Out. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Cause baby, I hate you. Cause baby. Cause baby